0: So the big question is this, how do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. Today, I am in Bristol. I'm joined by Tom White, who is the founder and owner of a business called Paratus People. And uh, they're a recruitment agency based out of Bristol, but also have offices in the Netherlands, Brussels, Amsterdam, sorry to be yeah, precise. Amsterdam and the Amsterdam, Netherlands, yeah. Uh, Brussels and Munich. And uh, you guys are a recruitment agency that specialise in the IoT sector. Correct. I did Google that before I came up today. Okay. What, and that's, well, that's in- good, right? internet. Internet of things. Internet
1: of things. Yeah, it's interesting name that. I don't know. Yeah, it
0: left me curious.
1: So it's essentially anything that's connected to the internet, any device yeah. that's connected to the internet. Yeah, that sounds like a good niche to be in in uh, today's world, Tom. Well, it's growing, Hisham. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it's a good niche. You know, <laughs> we're in it now, so we kind of got to stick with it. Yeah. Um. Well, look,
0: been looking forward to this, mate. Um. Likewise. So, obviously, I've got a couple of questions for you that I definitely want to ask you. Okay. With you, obviously, having your own recruitment business definitely going to have a focus on your journey with your own business. So you've obviously been building and running your
1: own recruitment business now for, has it come up to four years? You yeah, like so me? so we incorporated April 2016 Yeah. and probably kind of soft launched and then really got going at the start of 2017. Cool. So where I always like to start, how did uh, Tom White enter the
0: uh, lovely world of recruitment? Let's start there. Mark. Well,
1: do you know what? Probably the same as everyone else, right? Really? So I kind of fell into it. Yeah. Um, so... I was actually selling phones, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yeah, but kind of... Um, How difficult is that? With the, it, so I wasn't doing it face-to-face. I was really? doing business sales, so over the telephone. Oh, okay. Uh,
0: so what, like selling to businesses yeah. on like getting their phone systems Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So the, God, okay. the God's honest truth is that I, uh, I relocated to Blackpool of all places, don't ask me why, And um, ended up uh, selling corporate phone packages for a company called Ferguson Connections. Okay. Um, And, uh, yeah, the truth of the matter is I kind of blagged myself the job, right? I said I'd worked at Orange. I'd never worked at (laughs) Orange. I said I'd worked in phone sales, never worked in phone sales, and um, kind of just took to it really well. Really? Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I remember going in on the first day, um, did really well sold sold I think you know about 15 20 phones in packages to different companies really yeah by the end of the first we had week warm leads mate went into a warm pipe hot there. do you know what it wasn't even warm right so we started we had it used to be a banding system cool used to be called IVR so yeah. you used to know what users um, would uh, would be spending on their phone contracts and, and mm. who to pick up and what companies to kind of target yeah and uh yeah by the end of the first week won what was then a virgin red letter day i don't know if you remember those nah. so they're kind of like corporate prizes they used to so. call them red letter days and um yeah it did really really well that was a only job uh i was earning about a thousand pound a week oh, you right. know just selling phones um okay. which is so crazy and it gets you a long way in blackpool i can assure you of yeah. that so sales mm-hmm. and then how did what how did recruitment come about then so so I'm from Bristol. Okay. And um a Rector Rec basically uh, contacted me. I didn't know what a Rector Rec was at the time. Um, I still think a lot of people probably don't know what wreck-to-wreck yeah, is. Mate, honestly me. this is the, the most common story of Yeah, how people get math. And uh, yeah, so this this chap contacted me and was telling me a story about um, someone I later met in, in real life, a chap called Charlie Walker who um, Owns a company called Harmonic about how he was earning big time, Biller. Yeah, yeah. About he was about he was earning like 120,000 pounds a year doing recruitment. And um, why did you
0: tell you about him? Did you know, did you did you know him, or did you say, "Oh, do you know
1: this"? Uh, I think it was because it was Bristol. I mean, I never knew the guy. I never knew what recruitment was. I just knew that recruitment consultants were ringing me about jobs that I couldn't do. <laughs> uh, so I just kind of thought, like, this is um, okay. this is a joke industry, right? And um, <laughs> anyhow. The guy set me up for an interview at a company called Ashton Consulting um back in February two thousand eight. Yeah. And uh yeah, I had one interview, got the job. Um Never and that was it. Then.
0: right? So you've been in a, you've been in recruitment since then? Yeah, February
1: two thousand eight, yeah.
0: How did they, how did they sow you recruitment then? Was it in line with Tom? You could earn some uh yeah, that, that, a grand a week in Blackpool, mate. Yeah, good way, way. way. in bomb ba- cakes. Way, at the way, time. way more than that over here. Like, how do they sell it to you out
1: of interest? Always curious. So, yeah. So essentially, they were basically saying that you could earn, you know, a six-figure salary, um, which we all know to be the case now in recruitment, right? But I think the problem with Rector Rex, or in my view at that time, is that it's so far detached from a 23, 24-year-old. Yeah. Uh, saying that you're going to earn £100,000 a year is is really pie in the sky, right? Yeah. If you'd have said that you're going to earn forty, fifty thousand pounds a year, it's probably going to be more achievable. It seems so distant that you yeah, you naturally don't believe what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're just instantly skeptical.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I'm um, I'm probably quite a skeptical person, right? My <laughs> friends would say that, but I reckon it served me well. Um, okay. So just to
0: set the scene, then, so entered recruitment in two in two thousand eight. Yeah. Um,
1: and then how long did you work in that agency for? so i think off the top of my head i left in about august
0: 2009 okay so a little stint there yeah and then you joined another business
1: yes so joined a company called people source people source in october 2009 october 4th i think really okay and then how long was you there for uh nearly six years i resigned in december 2015.
0: So seven years
1: working for somebody else. Mm. What what were those
0: billion days? So yeah. just quickly as well. So now running your own business, are you still very much on
1: the tools? you still... I was at the start, I think any... Uh... Yeah, at the start. Yeah, so I think... You know, traditionally speaking, you know, a lot of recruitment companies are set up because you get a good biller, right? Mm. Um, for whatever reason, either born out of frustration or of a want of doing something their own or chasing a dream, they start a company. Yeah. Uh, so good billers tend to set up companies and then are very much hands-on until such a time that they can build a team around them. Was you a good biller?
0: Yeah, I was all right. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. What was your best year, mate? Uh, I think it was just short of a million. Really? Yeah. It's a lot of fucking... That's a, Big, big number. That yeah. Thing. And yeah. so, and you as a contract recruiter? Predominantly contract, yeah. And have you always been in the, no, so you said IoT is, like, like what market was you in?
1: So, at the time, I was doing broadcast technology. So, uh, a lot of work around set-top boxes and okay. television, and okay. uh, deployment of television. And is that a crossover into what you're doing now? Yeah, way? very okay. much so. I mean, one of the reasons why Paratus works in the IoT space is that there was a lot of good people in broadcast. Okay um who were facing a, a period of consolidation in the market right you yeah. know these days people watch netflix and a lot of the tv vendors you know their main um you know uh, goal is to have netflix displayed on a device yeah. whereas when i started in the industry it was about the traditional set top box that, that ah. sat atop of a tv and there was there was a lot of work that went into that yeah so That's there's a the basic yeah so a lot basically a lot of good engineers have uh, transcended into into the IOT market
0: okay that makes sense yeah
1: so before
0: we go into the journey of you having your own business let, let's just talk so as I was sharing with you over lunch like definitely a lot of billers that listen to this right yeah and, and aspiring business owners and, yeah. and business owners so back to your point of when you got into recruitment you had someone telling you that you could earn yeah a lot of money i feel like a lot of people definitely feel the same when you're when you're saying look my best year was probably just under a million mm. and i'm assuming that you built up to that and didn't go yeah. too far off it and yeah. around that so that's definitely gonna feel a million miles away yeah. for a lot of people right <laughs> what 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 are some of the things you think contrib- contributed to to you getting to that level because that is that is high performing yeah i think <coughs> thank you
1: i think at the time it was uh, what year was that do you know I think I, I think between the year, well, I mean, I was I was earning yeah. between three hundred thousand and yeah. half a million a year gross yeah. between 2012 to 2015. Oh wow, okay. Uh, so did very well, um, and I think kind of what contributed to that was the fact that, in a nutshell, I liked nice shit, and no one was going to buy it for me. Okay. Um, she was very motivated Yeah I'm Not motivated Driven Driven So motivation comes and goes But yeah, if you're, yeah, if you're driven great. It will take you through the hard days Right mm-hmm. You know And I always say this At interview to, to people Right You know If it's snowing outside Are you going to call in sick Are you going to come in Do you want to watch Netflix or, yeah. or do you actually want to come in and, and make money and do stuff Yeah And for me it was I was I was driven right I, I really liked nice cars um, And I was frankly frustrated that you know, uh, not being born into a lot of wealth. I mean, my family, you know, were very middle class, right? But I wasn't, I wasn't born into loads of money that yeah. in order to generate that, I had to get off my ass and go and do it myself.
0: Where did this, so, okay.
1: How, how did you cultivate that drive, would you say? Um, I had an opportunity when I, when I joined the business to essentially do what I wanted to do and to craft the market. Um, and one of the the benefits about the company at the time was I was able to come in and and focus on what I had been doing yeah. but have carte blanche to 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 grow that how I wanted to do it yeah and I could see a lot of opportunity I could see a lot of competitors in the space that were working in that market but perhaps not Doing as well as they could do, okay. or, or, or or stretching it as far as it could go. Yeah, so that's, that's so there's
0: a, a big opportunity.
1: Yeah, a massive opportunity. Yeah, going back to your question about uh, being sceptical sceptical about the earnings. I think yeah, you are sceptical about the earnings, and I think you know you have to have a lot of drive and you have to really really want it because the the job is hard. And I, and I often say to people, if you can make it in recruitment, you can pretty much make it in anything yeah um because it you have to, it calls upon so many different techniques, skills and attributes that you can't necessarily uh learn you know from an academic perspective mm. right um, Okay. So just quickly then
0: so obviously you you now employ people mm-hmm. and i'm I'm sure now you obviously you've you've been there and done it right been a very high performing biller. yeah so what what are some of the you going through that process and no doubt hiring for your team previously as well what what do you think are some of the common things that prevent people from getting to those sorts of levels that you got to would you say
1: yeah okay so i think um and I, and I can't speak for, for everyone, sure. but I can go on the experience that I've had from interviewing people. I think the idea of earning good money and billing good money and the trappings that come with that yeah. um, is is very enticing. But the start reality of how to get to it can be sometimes too much for people, yeah. uh, in the sense that you know recruitment as it as it was. Um, and staffing or talent solutions however we want to call it these days because you know, without meaning to get sidetracked I think recruitment's dead but that's another topic <laughs> um, it, t- it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of drive and, um, and I think sometimes people aren't really aware of just how much it may take over in the same way like a method actor would would rehearse for their role and, and live and breathe that character for a period of time you have to engulf yourself within a market to really understand it and to, to separate yourself against yeah. other people that may be in that market um, and I think if you're willing to do that and, and truly take, take that on board then you will be successful So it's sacrifices you're talking about uh, You could call it sacrifices, I would call it more priorities <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i would say so right in line with what you yeah i get that but but what you're saying is on on the face of it looks great sounds great yeah tom i'm up for uh building those sorts of numbers yeah but when when the push comes to shove yeah are you willing to put in the
1: work yeah essentially and yeah. that that's what you think is the i think the key thing i think you know there's a there's a there's a quote by warren buffett right that says that uh an idiot with a plan will always beat a genius without a plan, mm. um, and you know never is that more true in in recruitment or, or staffing or whatever you want to call it, right? Because ultimately, you um, you have to put in the effort. You have to do the basics right, yeah. and and this phrase this phrase is used a lot in in in, in our circles, right? Um, whenever you hit hard times or whenever you want to progress, you have to do the basics right and you have to do the hard stuff first. Yeah. And it's easy to cut the corners. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons why, you know, I think the work that you're doing is great is that you, you acknowledge the fact that you've got to have a digital presence. You've got to be aware of self-branding and promotion of yourself as an individual mm. um, to use combined with traditional phone yeah. sales and the ability to... Uh, hold and articulate a, a good conversation with someone that may be um, you know people that you would ne- would not necessarily socialize with right mm. uh, but from a business context mm. um, and and to 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 extract information to go through requirements analysis and to find out useful um, you know, intel that you can use to your advantage mm. and I think those two things together is a really powerful yeah. in this day and age. Okay.
0: Final, like, just real practical question on that, because people always ask me about it. What What did a typical Tom White day look like in those days? How did you structure your day?
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, so I think it depends if you ask my old boss, right? So at the start, I'd work really hard. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, right? Okay. I worked really, really So what do hard. you mean? What? What? Well... So I used to say to my old boss, and like, if he ever listens to this, he'll probably hear it. But I used to, uh, uh, I used to say, like, I cannot understand how people get in at eight thirty, nine o'clock, when this, this, this environment, this company will allow you to write your own paycheck. I, I could not fathom the fact that people wouldn't get in early and prioritize, not sacrifice, mm. other things in, in their world So to what do, time right? did you get in? So like 7 o'clock, yeah. 7.15, I used yeah. to literally run to work. I used to, uh, I moved closer to work on purpose yeah. uh, to get close, like to be closer to the environment. Yeah, I used yeah, to call yeah. it the money room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The money, the money room right yeah but it is the money room you know like <laughs> you know we're here, we're here to earn money we're here to you know to change our, to change our lives to do something successful yeah, yeah, yeah. and to make okay. it, and and to make a difference right uh, so you got an early yeah i got and then an what early the, and then what did the rest of the day look so like? so so the first 2 hours of my day was absolutely manic it was it was frantic right so used to come in have uh, most things automated or set up so that I would have either leads in my inbox, candidates ready to go, yeah. everything, uh, so I could push product out the door. Okay. So I would send CVs, I would send intros, I would send business development, uh, emails, messages to people yeah. um, from 7.30 to 9.30, and then follow that up throughout the day. Yeah, okay. So the first two hours are just absolutely... Uh, like the stuff that's imminent that yeah. should,
0: should drive revenue quite quickly. Yeah, like yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 okay. yeah. 7.30 to 9.30, then what? So you're
1: doing all that before some people even but, in the office. Yeah, like you know, people used to turn up, right? You know, eating bacon sandwiches at like nine o'clock, and they used to look and be like, you know, you're not, you're not going to get anywhere, right? You know, what's, what's the point? But I can. But the thing is, like, I'm, I'm slightly older now, right? I'm mid thirties. Yeah. It's my thirty-fifth birthday next month, and uh, I think back then I was a, probably a little bit more bullish, yeah. and a, a, perhaps slightly more outspoken than I am now, if you can believe it. Um, and I guess it's, and I guess for certain people you know they they want to be in an environment where they want to do well. they want to earn 40 50 60k because you know they want a nice holidays nice car etc but they're content with that yeah. whereas for me I I wasn't content because enough isn't
0: yeah
1: and um yes yeah, so you really wanted that yeah and I th- and I, I kind of think it's like a tap right you know it's either on and it's full flowing or it's off um to be a a midway recruiter um it's, it's actually quite difficult, you know, because it means that you actively have to stop at some point. You, know, you do a couple of deals, and you sit there and, you know, go on BBC Sport and 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 relax. That and the rest, the rest of that, like that. wasn't you? No, not at all. Yeah. After nine thirty. So after nine thirty, sorry. That's okay. Going off After little, nine. Going after nine thirty. So after nine thirty, it will be following up on everything that I did. Yeah. Uh, being super proactive. Yeah. Uh, calling people. Um, Is it many
0: many clients or was it just quite varied? So yeah, so,
1: so to be honest with you, when I when I was billing, well, you know, I used to just literally ring switchboards and really? try and get business off the back of switchboards. Um, I did it with Tesco, uh, I did it with Legal in General, and I so did You
0: got it, some big accounts.
1: Yeah, off with not knowing any names um, and just being able to manipulate the people on the phone on the switchboard using like social engineering techniques. <laughs> Um, to go to go through and and get terms, and I used to get terms signed off the back of one calls. What hitting the switchboard? Yeah, got? hitting the switchboard. And honestly, do your research. This isn't a lie. <laughs> no, this, is, uh, this, this is this is this is the truth, right? And for me, it was a test. It was it was um it was it was a battle to see if if you could do that right, and and if you could actually be skilled and adept enough um, you know, in your in, in, in your language and and your research to be quickly enough to do it. So I remember with uh legal in general, I mean it wasn't even a niche that I was focusing on at the time and um for some reason I just chased down a lead and uh they had mentioned something about solvency two, which was an insurance yeah, reform that I'm sure yeah, yeah. oh you I've would know, that, right? Yeah, because you're insurance. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and I just muted the mic and Googled it and uh, you know, and and, and managed I managed to managed to kind of get terms on. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I wanna I wanna add to the point, well, it wasn't just a blag, right? You know, I'd back this up, I'd actually research it, I've actually studied it, yeah. I'd actually go really, really deep into the subject matter, and um and eventually that's when I sort of found obviously the work that I've been doing and what I set the company up by going, you know, uh, an inch wide and a mile deep into the subject. Mm. So then, did uh, Tom White take a lunch? Yeah. yeah. I always had lunch, but uh, I, never, I never went for lunch. Does that make sense? <laughs> always had a pat lunch? No, nah, I didn't have a pat lunch. Like, and well, maybe at the time, because I was on comm only for a long time. Right? Really? So yeah, I didn't have any so then, And then in the afternoon, you're doing a similar thing? Like just being really proactive? <laughs> um at, at the start like you know probably some of my guys in the office are probably going to listen to this right yeah. but i've got i've got to be honest and i've got to tell the truth at one point when you know i was billing a lot of money and i was placing a lot of contractors you know uh eight to 14 a month some at some months mm. uh which in tech is a lot right yeah. we're not talking about temps we're talking about you know quite high margin contractors um i'd sit back and i'd, I'd relax a little bit because really yeah, yeah because i was on com only and um I was earning you know more money than I knew what to do with it Mm. Um, but I think yeah at the time uh, looking back now if um, you know if I if I was a little bit smarter or or were to do things in a slightly different way I would have focused much quicker in a niche Um, I would have doubled down in that niche Mm. Um, I would have saved a lot more money than buying supercars and ridiculous shoes, yeah. um, and who, oh, I think that's such an interest. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, who
0: like who speaks to people about uh, yeah giving people ideas on how to be smart with their money?
1: Yeah, so it's a good point. So I think I think it's the structure. So just to talk a little bit about Paratus, right? So we we have an independent financial advisor, nice, um, who will. Oh yeah,
0: you did a post about this, didn't you? Yeah,
1: I remember? Yeah. So we're talk we to people about where uh what to do with their money how to be smart with the money make the money work for them yeah. i fully i fully appreciate the fact that yeah you know recruitment whilst it's a career um you know you want to get the best out of it and you want to get the most out of it and um you, you know it may be a stepping stone into something else and that that's absolutely fine so um we will advise people on uh property purchases we actually have a consultant loan scheme as well oh really? uh, yeah so, so we, these are some of the things you wish you probably had access to yeah i think at the time i think there were pros and cons. I mean, I never had any training as such. Uh, I never really had any guidance in the market that I was doing. Um, and it was a bit of a free-for-all. So you could argue that that was quite poor and that these days it would be very difficult for people to build well and quickly and come up yeah. to speed. But the, the flip side to that is it, it, it's survival of the fittest, right? And, uh, you know, you need to make money, certainly on a commission-only element as well, because if you don't, you know... If, if you're not billing. you're not you're not earning anything it seems like like you just relentless basically you just put in the work like what, you wanted what, it you wanted yeah, it bad. I, I wanted it i had a lot of drive but i think quite smart about it as well so yeah. uh you know did certain things did did work around branding perhaps mm. you know even when i knew it was branding just yeah, being yeah. like cute about how to represent myself to the wider market mm. um but you know also i had quite a passion about what i did so um you know I, at university i actually studied towards two degrees but one of them was in um computing mm-hmm. and uh, that really helped because a lot of my friends were getting into the industry that i was recruiting for oh, okay so i had a bit of an interest i had a bit of an, a passion about that and i think that really does help yeah um but yeah relentless and um I realised I was good at something, yeah, and um, I really, really wanted to be the best. You
0: double down on that,
1: yeah, exactly. Triple down on that. Yeah. <laughs> always want to start your own business. Um, yeah, that's. A, do you know what? That's an interesting question. Um, yes and no, because
0: um, you might obviously. You are, I always hear it all the time. Like, someone that's has quite well. The mindset is, are oh, like, well done." Yeah. Do that for myself, goes in my own pocket. But so obviously, it was on commission only.
1: Yeah, so I so I was doing well. I was earning well. At the time, uh, you know, prior to my departure from the company, we were we were going through a um, uh, we were going through an event, right? Yeah. so We exited and um, yeah, uh, and we were acquired by a large corporate. And I think for me, at the time, I thought that things were gonna probably change significantly and that that feel and that effect that you could have with the MD and a good relationship might be slightly se- change, separated. Yeah. Um, but I also, I also really wanted to focus on doing something for myself and, and, yeah. cha- and chasing a dream as such, right? Um, and I think that that's really important that you you go for something because it's, um, you get an itch, right? And you're the only way to cure that itch is to actually go and do it. Mm. And I didn't want to lead a what if kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and it, it, when you're earning like a lot of cash, it kind of uh, earning a bit more doesn't really... Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And in effect, actually, on a, on a PAYE basis at back then, you know, you, you're paying, you know, super high rate tax. So the deal value uh, and what you actually see is, is, is really marginal. And there comes a point where you actually probably couldn't bill anymore. I think when I got to like sixty out, um, I was like, "Well, it, 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 I'm not actually that incentivized to." It didn't make much make of a difference more. once you get
0: to those no. of levels, yeah. 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 Did
1: you have a business plan? Yes. So you did I'm quite a mercurial character. Okay. Uh, what does that mean, sorry? So, <laughs> my interpretation is that <laughs> I uh, I'm quite i think i think about a lot of plans i think about a lot of things okay and there's a lot of things going on in my head at one time and yeah quite, sometimes quite abstract and, and i can go i can go full, full forward with something a hundred percent and then sometimes i might just want to kind of kick back and yeah. reflect on a situation so yeah it's quite hard to predict right uh, i had a business plan in the sense in, in my head about what i wanted to do yeah i had to present it to a bank of course so i needed to actually put it on paper
0: mate you had all this cash mate
1: yeah, yeah, of course I had that. But the thing is... <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, did you get a loan to start it? Yeah, uh, no, I didn't get a loan, but I got an invoice discounting facility. Okay, so I don't
0: know what that is. Sorry. Okay, so it's... Uh, oh, is that, oh, is that where, because it's contract, they pay stuff yeah. up front and then... Yeah, yeah, get, yeah Okay, yeah. okay. So it's, Probably that cash flow, that's, that's
1: cash flow. Yeah, so it's called a CID facility. A lot of people start with like an IF facility where invoice factoring where... Uh, so is that like Sonovey? Yeah, so I spoke to Sonovate as most people do, but I mean, it was quite expensive. Okay. Uh, so that's why you spoke to a bank. Yeah, so I wasn't trying to mug you off, mate. But no, no, no. You're right. Like it's <laughs> cool. And anyway, the cost of borrowing is cheap and has been cheap for a lot, for a long time. So the so the smart man wouldn't use his own money, right? He'd, yeah. he'd borrow it at a cheaper rate and uh, and use it and make it and make it work for itself at a higher rate. Okay. So I'd probably even if I could sell fund contractors, I'd probably still borrow money from the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but okay. I had to put a business plan. Yes, yeah, so to for, do that. So totally, yeah, yeah, but I kind of knew what I wanted to do. It was more about. And it was a nice uh, kind of cathartic exercise and crystallizing my thoughts right yeah okay so
0: first year then
1: yeah how was that uh
0: interesting so you went from obviously billing yeah. really well yeah interesting what happened what, what, what did you um, bill in the first year was it just you for the whole year yeah so remember what you billed in the first year
1: um so it was less about billings and more around turnover and then working at NFI okay so NFI first year well, so we did uh, just coming up to about 2 million. In the first year? Yeah, just over the first year. Net fee on income? No, 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 revenue, no, no, turnover, turnover, turnover revenue, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and NFI, we're probably taking about 26%, 27% yeah. from that. Okay, and that was just GP. you? That was just me, yeah. Really? Yeah. Right,
0: let's, let's fucking break that down then, son. Yeah. How, like, how? What went on that I found
1: a drive again. Right.
0: And was you doing this just at home or?
1: No, no, I got an office. Okay. So people can get advice and people can get a lot of advice from a lot of different people. We yeah. spoke about this over yeah, lunch, yeah. right? But but ultimately, you know so I remember I was speaking to my dad about this, and my dad was said, you know, you could just you've got a, you know got a really nice house in Clifton, yeah. right? It's a nice part of Bristol, and you could just sit upstairs, and 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 bill and make money in in a spare bedroom. And I said, yeah, yeah but for me, like, I want an office. I want to be in an office. Yeah. I don't want to do this upstairs because a I have too many distractions, etc. So um yeah, I, I rented a small office in Queen Square in Bristol, sat there uh, on my own, celebrated success on my own. Pension. How was that? Yeah. Um because. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was different, but starting from scratch, there's a real. Uh it's a real good feeling, right? To be able to create something from scratch again. Yeah. And, um, and and I think a lot of it, and there was a couple of naysayers as well, you know, to be honest, maybe that at my former business or other people to say, you know, it's very difficult to build your book back up when you talk about contractors, right? Yeah. And P, and that's why people sometimes stay uh, and why companies offer retainers to get them out of the business yeah. because it's difficult to redo it. I just thought, well, look, if I, could, if I can get to 60 out on my own, yeah. then i would do it again. And um, I remember one month, uh, you know place like seven contractors in a month um, two of them were hosted by just ringing up a, a massive Japanese system integrator that people would probably guess and um, did a really good job with them on the phone and uh, took a couple of contractors on uh, payrolled them at like 18% margin uh, that helped me do a couple of deals and yeah just quick right just just quick but was you, so, what, so
0: what so what was the so how did you start building this up then was you just straight again doing what you're doing best sma- smashing the switchboards
1: no so you didn't need i didn't need to smash the switchboard then because obviously i knew people you leveraged a network yeah i leveraged a network um but i'd like to say for the record yeah uh, um i i i uphold all my covenants yeah. right um i was under a, a restricted covenant to not even work in recruitment for six months because i was a part of an earnout. i was on an emi yeah, yeah. as well um so what did you do for six months I got bored, frankly. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about other things that I could do, other businesses, um, other ideas, you know, like I'd set up a uh, a fashion business back in 2014 as a bit of a side hustle. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because I could see all these like pop-up brands that were like, you know, making loads of money and like, and jeans and, you know, guys wearing super tight jeans that were basically jeggings and thinking like you can make money out of this. But... And then I kind of, I kind of thought, well, I want to, I want to focus on what I'm good at. Yeah. I want to focus on, on building something for myself. So for six months, probably spent a lot of money, went on nice holidays yeah, and, okay. um, and chilled out. But was eager to get back into it. But respected the fact that, um, you know, it was probably a good thing for me to take a bit of a break mm. as well, right? What was the biggest challenge in the first year then? The biggest you? challenge. In seem, the...
0: I mean, look, two million in first year. Yeah. I'm um, decent. That's great, right? So yeah. I mean, clearly. Someone that I mean, let you did it for someone else, let alone for yourself.
1: You're yeah. going to put in the work, had the drive. Yeah.
0: What was the biggest challenge?
1: In your I future? think. So for me, the biggest challenge in the first year was understanding fact from fiction with regards to how to set up a business infrastructure, okay. specifically in 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 recruitment, right? Um, and again, this comes back to taking advice, knowing what deals to do, what banks, what back office. Yeah. Um, and it was set up a office in, in Amsterdam pretty quickly. Uh, really? Yeah, within like 10 months, and we started dealing with Dutch lawyers and... Um, you know notaries and uh, you know dealing with complicated situations. What you was doing this, or you? Yeah, I was just fact finding, right? And yeah. I, and I guess I guess that you know when I talk about recruitment, I talk about the fact that ultimately you need a computer and a phone, and I, and I love that, you know, and I love the fact that sometimes you can just be, you know, skilled enough to be able to speak to people, obtain fact from fiction, and find out this information. So I just make lots of calls and find out what was right to do, what wasn't right to do. Um, so I guess the infrastructure, but I also found that quite fun, right? Because it was a new challenge yeah. to, to build the infrastructure and do things right. And as I say, we went for CID straight away rather than invoice factoring, um, which meant we weren't getting, um, you know, taking a mickey out of on our, on our rates by companies like Sonovate and others, okay. um, you know, as a competitive landscape. Um, I think for me, uh, the overarching uh, difficulty that I had at the start of the journey was, was, was internal recruitment which um yeah and it's always ironic when you speak to customers because uh they kind of uh they kind of think that you should be really good at it but equally we're good at finding the people that we find in our marketplace but not necessarily the people for us yeah so i think yeah we made some hires made some mistakes well in the first year you tried to hire people yeah yeah pretty quickly
0: really yeah and i think so did you always want it to be bigger than just you then Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: I didn't want to be a lifestyle business. So you knew that from day one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the plan was to, to grow, uh, or the plan is to, is to grow, have an event, uh, and probably um, form part of a larger organization, Yeah, which is why we're so niche in what we do. We don't want to just be a generalist technology company yeah. where there's so many of them. It's just like, where, where's your USP? What, what are you yeah. doing differently to everyone else? So, um, so the biggest challenge was...
0: One, well, it was a new challenge. Was building the infrastructure, yeah, getting all the tools and things in place to help you scale. Then, because yeah. you clearly want to scale, yeah. And then it was actually hiring for yourself, yeah. All right, quick one then to to just to wrap up that first year, yeah. Knowing what you know now, yeah. Starting a recruitment business tomorrow, yeah. What tools should I definitely be looking at to invest in? So you said because obviously like I don't get don't know, fully understand the contract words. So the, yeah. the Sonova and the other comparison that yeah. Path. So what, yeah. So what are the so, tools I should definitely be looking at or look at investing
1: in? Okay, so I mean it depends. So I'm quite contract heavy. Yeah. Even though I've done permanent, um, I think ultimately. Start off real light. Yeah. You don't get sold the dream that you need super fancy websites, etc. Yeah. Um. You know, WordPress is super stable these days. It's yeah. secure. Uh, you can get a WordPress site up for five hundred pounds yeah. if you wanted to. Um. I'd arrange a good deal with a bank. Yeah. Um, so, so what's the just pros and cons of that? Just for people
0: listening for the what the way that you got it. So you, the way that you dealt with the bank over. Yeah.
1: Like we're just using Sonaleg because they're a big brand, but like yeah, the yeah. factoring company and the. So I I'd, I'd get a good broker. Okay. so there's a couple of well-known brokers out there that i know personally uh they're incentivized to get you the best deal possible okay. they make you know commission fee probably about a couple of thousand if they get you an agreement yeah. and a debenture over the business in order to do contract recruitment okay uh, and i would make sure that you're getting the most competitive deal possible it's super competitive right now yeah uh or has been for some time you know there's talk of the the cost potentially rising because of obviously fluctuations in well, not fluctuations because of Brexit, perhaps. Okay. Right? Um, okay. Yeah, I'd get a good deal with a bank, and I'd start off small. Right? You, um, you spoke to Matt Collingwood, I think, didn't yeah. you, at one point, and yeah. um, the line about headcount is vanity and mm. bottom line is sanity is so apt because. Um, you know, the first question that everyone asks you is, oh, how big are you now? Yeah, well, you've yeah. got quite a few oh, people now. Says it. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's, uh, you know, it's the wrong question. The right question should be like, you know, what's the NFI? Yeah. You know, how uh, is everyone billing? You know, uh, yeah. what people are up to speed with, you know, not how many people do. Could, you could have 20 people, but four of them could be billing. It could be like yeah. you know, Pareto's law of 80-20, which yeah. normally is the case.
0: Yeah. Okay. Second year then.
1: Yeah. How's that? So second year was interesting because uh, we moved from our small kind of four-man office to a 10-man office. Okay. Um, started recruiting. Yeah. Bought in an ops manager early. Okay. Really? Yeah. Why did you do that? Uh, good question. I asked myself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I bought in an ops manager because I needed slightly more structure. Mm. And I think you have to, uh, you have to think about your strengths and weaknesses. Mm. Um, so I know I was good at bit, Building, uh, you know, a business, sales, and what have you. Um, but the biggest team that I ever had at my old business was like three people, right? Mm. And I never, I never ran massive teams. Mm. Um, and and part partly the reason for that is because I wanted to do it on my own. Yeah. Um, but because I didn't have that experience of uh, learning from lessons um that uh you know that that's something that maybe maybe would have hindered me so i brought in an ops manager at the time that was uh, working at a uh, company in bristol called g2 um she was very good helped put structure in place etc um and um yeah so we did that and then we started forging relationships with um, good good rec- rector rex that mm. were providing trainees. I'd always had the, the thought that trainees were, were the right way to go. Yeah. You need new blood to grow a business. Um I personally feel, right? Yeah. And um, you know, i I'll coin that phrase from um from Dean Kelly actually. You know, he, he mentioned that to me once and um, you know, absolutely fantastic guy in his own right, and I'm sure you know. Mm. Um and I kinda felt that like, you know, with with senior people, sometimes uh, it can be 50, 50. And if they're that good while they leaving or while they're not setting up their own business, you get a lot of journeymen in recruitment, people mm. that pop around and, um, trainees don't know any better. And uh, if you teach people three ways, the easy, medium and hard way, um, they're going to go for the easiest way. So, we started bringing in trainees, teaching them the hardest way. <laughs> um, but but also, when I say the hardest, right, it's not just the hardest because it's the no, hardest. I know what you mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's the best way, right? Yeah. So you know, selling selling candidates to jobs with no interviews, immediate starts, trial starts, yeah, clever stuff. Um, so that was year two,
0: and we had so the end of year two. What did you get up, up to? And we'll, I'll, I'll ask you what what did what how did that Im- impact the revenue and stuff? But so around the two year mark, what was you? How many people did you have working for you, roughly?
1: Yeah, so it, there was there was a fair amount of attrition because um, we had bought people on, and I think.
0: I like the honesty.
1: Yeah, well, you got to be honest, right? Like you know, uh, you got people lie numbers, don't mate. right? You know. So you, so yeah, you
0: struggle with that. Why why do you think that is? Because you had the worst person. I right? th- yeah, yeah I
1: th- so I think personally, for me, like I'm quite uh, I, I'm I think I'm quite soft sometimes when it comes to people, right? Like I see the good in people. Yeah, and 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 I feel as though. Um, I feel as though I can make them good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but what I was what I was perhaps um wasn't fully aware of is that sometimes at trainee level, sometimes people just want a job, mm. you know. And they'll say they say anything. And uh you can sit down and you say, Look, it's gonna be hard work, it's gonna be this, you're not gonna get any success in 12 months, etc. Yeah. But putting myself back into trainee mode, yeah um people just live in sometimes hand-to-mouth right at that point and they yeah. just want a job so and i think the implications of actually how hard it is yeah and would be um turned a lot of people away or well, yeah, people started or, to realize that yeah people started to realize it early on you know yeah. and um you know as a, as a company we we're, we're focused on building contract pillars from scratch yeah and it um, takes a lot of hard work. And yeah, it takes a lot of, of hard work. Yeah, it's not going to
0: happen overnight.
1: Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of companies focus on perm um, or sometimes people dual desk. You know, we don't. We're, we're doing things in the hard way. And, and to be honest, in my opinion, probably the right way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but we want a core team of, of, of great people. And the word great is really interesting because I think these days it's okay to be good, right? And it's all right to come second, but since when did that become acceptable to not be fantastic at something? Yeah. So like, you know, do you want to do you want to be okay at something, or do you want to be fantastic at something? Yeah, and that's the main uh, drive that I push forward with the business when I'm hiring people is that you know I want I want them to be fantastic. And um, yeah, sadly, so that. so go yeah. So just going back to it, the second part, um, second year. So we had some we had some really good people join. Um, and we and we, you know, unfortunately hired some people that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, How did this impact numbers? So, did you remember what you did yeah, What did you do so revenue? I think we we had steady growth, but not massively different. And I think you know you. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out the fact that you know, good biller sets up company, does well, has a spike, first year revenue goes super high. <laughs> you know, this is why these recruitment companies and when you look at fast track companies in the UK, they're always so so quick to grow because it's a service industry. There isn't a load of stock sat in a yeah, in, yeah, in a warehouse, right? You know, you can you can go up super quick and you can have that year on year growth that compounds quickly. Uh, but for us, and at that time, I became more managerial less billing so therefore we didn't took a hit. yeah we didn't go super super we weren't logarithmic in terms of our um our, our billings and our turnover um but what what i did do was teach me about really refining interview processes yeah. knowing what to look for in people early on and um you know it, it could have been easy to take the uh you know the, the, the experience route and bring people in and and let them carry on what they were doing but You know, for for me, as as I mentioned, you know, I really want fantastic people to do fantastic things. Got high standards. Uh, Yeah, high standards, I suppose, because yeah, we don't want, you know, we don't, as a business, want to be a lifestyle business. We want to be known as being experts in what we do. And and "paratus" as a name means prepared, ready, and skilled. It derives from the Latin term, right? Mm. So you can't go into business where the whole mantra of the company is to be prepared, ready, and skilled, and to do it half soaked, right?
0: Yeah so so you were, so were you you just hit year for now or? Uh, so well,
1: so financial year probably well no incorporation date was April two thousand sixteen to, to to so twenty so coming up so coming up yeah okay, so
0: just just a quick one, just I guess sort of rounding off those two years yeah mate, what like advice advice for people early on yeah in them um, building, forming, having their own recruitment business that you wish you'd received?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think people spend too much time looking left and right and forget to look forward. Okay. Um, align yourself with people that are proven that have walked it as well as spoken it. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that give advice that haven't really done anything or maybe even started a company from scratch and been through all of the hardship that that entails. So I would say focus on what you're good at, Mm. keep doing what you're good at, Mm. don't try to grow too quickly, and remember the fact that adding people for the sake of adding people uh, is a bit of a mug's game, right? Mm. You know, focus on growing and developing people slowly but surely and maximizing. Everything that you can do early on, and 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 do that organically. Okay. So,
0: is it fair to say then that obviously you're getting to the point now, or ha- have been on the journey of, as you said, quite rightly said, year one, it was just you smashing it out. Yeah. Obviously, which which showed in the revenue, but and then over the last year, two years, you've obviously now been transitioning into a role where it's your your job to cultivate, maximise the people that you bring into the business, and yeah. also. I'm sure that also involves helping the business through your relationships and let's say feeding the people around you, right?
1: Yeah.
0: How, how and, and that's, that's gonna be typical of a lot of recruitment
1: business owners. Mm-hmm.
0: How have you, because how many people are you at now?
1: So, so as a core team here, we have 11, yeah. plus I think we've got another person joining. Yeah. And we have an outsourced accounts team, plus also advisors um, who do compliance, commercial, yeah. Uh, a mentor and a learning and development person and we and we and we might be moving forward on a marketing person soon as well.
0: Oh nice. Okay. So how how have you how have you personally found that transition? Um, cuz you're like not on the tools now.
1: I'll still i would still attend meetings. I won't. But you, like fill you're roles. Not, are you billing now? No. no. I, well, I've got a lot of house runners which keep the company going because. So that what that means is people contractors that work with you for a very long time. Um, either contractors that I had placed mm. at some point during the journey of the company, or that have migrated from people that have left the business and that go into house. Oh, okay. Um, so house run- is that what house runners mean? Yeah, okay. that's what we call house runners. Right, yeah. Cool, um, but yeah, I think I'll still attend meetings. We were at Amazon yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we've got a big meeting tomorrow with a uh, forty billion uh, pound uh, a year turnover company. Oh wow! Um, so you're still involved in
0: helping the the people around you? Yeah, I really want
1: to help the people. Right? You know, I really want to help my guys. I, you know, I say if you put one hundred percent effort in, I'll, I'll put two hundred percent in. I know it sounds like a cliche. But I really mean it. Like we have always on WhatsApp groups. You know, um, I live 15 minutes from the office. If people want to come in and talk about something, I'm there. Yeah. I, I can afford to do that right now. I don't. I don't have children. You know, I'm a single guy, and um, I wouldn't want anyone ever saying that uh, they didn't get enough support from us. Yeah. Um, because that's, you know, that that would be that would be my nightmare, right? and, and nothing that I would want to. Uh, I want want someone to feel, so put a lot of effort into that training development. Um, you know, we're um, as I mentioned over lunch as well. We're interviewing. Well, we're not interviewing. We're, we're potentially going to have a a learning and development person join us a couple of days uh, a month. That was very senior uh, at S three, mm. and uh, yeah, pouring a lot of money into that mm. and and to people in general. So really, yeah.
0: Offering okay. So how? So how? What are some of the key things that? you think you've done in this business and growing this business that you've done that has enabled your your people out there to to yeah get get to the standards or continue performing at the standards you want them to like how have you got how do you think you've got the best out of your people
1: um so i think there's a fine line between being someone's mate and being someone's boss yeah um and i think that you always have to walk that line carefully Especially
0: in the size that you're at as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I would it, say my yeah, my boss, which is similar size, 12, yeah. twelve of us. Yeah, it's like you. You would. I view him as a bit
1: of. Him as a mentor really. But I get. I get that. Yeah.
0: Especially when you're a smaller business, right? Yeah,
1: I think. I think you have to. Yeah. So. So to answer that question, so I think you have to be seen as a fairly aspirational figure. Of course, yeah. you know people want to look up to someone. Lead them by the front. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, being there in the trenches with your team. Um, and I think, you know, for me, it's sitting with people, it's jumping in on calls, listening on calls, uh, being able to help, being always on um, and, 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 and treading that thin line as well between um, putting people in the deep end and seeing if they can swim. <laughs> right? Um, but also being able to give them some support when they need it, um, because you don't want to be too over the top because it becomes arbitrary that the advice that you're given is that people will wait. For you to come and sort yeah, it. Yeah, that's up. what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah you so can become a bit of a comfort blanket. Absolutely, yeah, and that and that can be the case, and and you know that 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 is a difficult balance to meet. Yeah, um, but especially in this, this size you are currently. Yeah, because like, you're so accessible. Yes yeah and that's that's a really that's a really good question um, really good phrase right yeah. it's the accessibility yeah so you, you don't want to be seen as someone that you can just answer straight away because you need people to fact find So go back to the question you said about when I started a company and what what did I do yeah. and I said well I was fact-finding right I was being a recruiter. I was calling people I was making informed decisions mm. you know if you want to know something you speak to fine people and you take the mean answer from what they say right <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. um, and I think that's the same for my guys is that, you know, you want them to be able to do this themselves. And so they can come to me and say, hey, Tom, right, like I've looked at the training material. I've gone online. I've YouTubed it. I've Googled it. I've spoken to some colleagues. What do you think? Yeah. Not Tom, what do not you Tom. think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah? you're trying to get the answer out of you straight away. Yeah. And you, and you could argue that it's efficient, right? And some of them are probably, <laughs> probably, you know, quick enough to say that. But, but equally, it's not helping them in the long term. Okay. So you,
0: and then how how's the how's the journey been for you personally? Like on like you start this business on your own, right? Yeah, I've spoken to a lot of people that who um, started their business on their own, and and advice to people would be like really consider doing it with another person. Mm-hmm. Like how, how has the journey been for you in like on an individual basis? How have you found it?
1: Yeah, it's it's been tough. I think at the start it's been tough. It's quite it's quite draining. Yeah, uh, I think people that say it doesn't take over your life are probably lying somewhat. Um, I purposely started on my own because I've seen many companies that have set up with two founders yeah. who have ultimately fallen out. Yeah. Um, also, for me, starting a business and owning 50% of it didn't really make sense um, from where I was as an individual in terms of the the return on com- yeah
0: the commission structure you had yeah
1: so because i was on at, you know a, a high commission structure in the past um you know it didn't really
0: make sense yeah that, to made, that well. makes sense i get that yeah but like how have you found navigating this journey on your own because that, that's definitely a challenge right
1: yeah it's a challenge i think you have to be really clued up about how you spend your time with what with who and regimental and and thick skin right there's there, you know there's there's nights where uh, you know, you can worry about stuff, and uh, and I think ultimately it's it being able to talk to someone. Yeah, uh, who have you been able to talk to? So yeah, as I mentioned to you, we're part of a peer group, part of the RSC, um, Met some good friends from there. Being able to talk to people about similar issues. Um, How now, much has that helped? It helped quite a lot, to be honest with you. And I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty open about that. I'm an open type of guy, right? I think within within any peership group. Um, or networking forum that you can go to. And I've tried a few in the past, non, non-recruitment non and recruitment specific. You know, there's always, again, skepticism over the agenda mm. and why people want to be there, but it's as much as you want to get out of it. And it's, it's quite nice meeting people that are in the same position as you, right? Mm. But for me, it was important to drive and get a number two. Um, and because obviously we, you know, we offer... Uh, you know a fantastic commission scheme I haven't mentioned it but it goes up to 45% on what you bill really yeah it's like crazy and it's really good but I'm happy to do that right because for me I don't want to give another reason for someone to go elsewhere yeah and I want people to be super super happy so I've been able to develop a number two through that okay who uh, I can work with who then I can release equity to potentially down the line right rather than it being a hard and fast you own 50% of the business yeah um so coming, coming back directly to answer your question, uh, I think it might be easier at the start. Um, but I think ultimately, long term, you'd probably wish that yeah. it was
0: just you. And then, how have you, obviously you're in a peer group which helps, but like, just for people, because I think a lot, and this has come up even from like a billing perspective. I was speaking about this with someone yesterday that you can so easily just, you could be sitting in an office right now, yeah, struggling with something and just not just, just not making the decision to ask for help. Yeah, it sounds really simple. Yeah, but just a lot of people won't. So I guess, like, how have you personally found as a business owner mm. when you've reached out to people for help or whatever it may be? Like, how was that? T- what's your been your typical experience of that for people that may be a bit worried about
1: reaching out to people and get rejected and stuff like that? I think it boils down to the fact that in early, early. Uh, Training that people are given or what have you, the most common thing that people say when they pick up a phone and speak to a client or a customer is, I wonder if you can help. <laughs> and, um, you know, people naturally want to help people. Yeah. You know, you know, people ask you for directions in the street. You don't necessarily send them on a wild goose chase, right, unless yeah. you're a bit weird. Yeah, right? that's true. So I think naturally people do want to help. They, they want to guide people and they understand that people are in similar situations. So, I think for me, it's a case of aligning yourself with the right people. Yeah, um, and still, people come to me. You know, I had a question uh, today for, from a mate of mine that works in my old company asking me about, you know, German legislation and what have you. And I was able to provide that help. Um, and it's quite nice that people, you know, come to you for that for that advice. But again, it's aligning yourself with the right people, taking and advice from e- the right yeah, people. and experts that are in their field, right. And um you know it's yeah. not it, it's not, it's not hard to work out you you speak to you speak to a variety of types of people and then you get a gut feel on who you can yeah, work yeah. with who's right, who's saying the same things, and just having a good black book of contacts yeah so you've obviously, from what I understand about your
0: business you've obviously you operate a lot in the eu yeah because so, how much
1: business do you do in the u k so traditionally it was small, it was like ten percent. Yeah. Um and then we won a, a pretty major account with Sky Television. Yeah. Um and started doing quite a lot more work with them. Um,
0: For people people with obviously the the but the, yeah, the obviously um poly, the political environment now, yeah, all that like for it, obviously you're clearly very experienced in working in these types of markets. Yeah. Any learnings there that if someone's looking to break into these markets that Yeah. you can share? Uh
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's cultural. I think you need to understand your marketplace. Yeah. Um from a Brexit perspective, uh as soon as a referendum happened, I applied for my Irish passport. Yeah. Um I need to do that. Yeah, get on it, right? Yeah, I need to do that. You need to do it quick. <laughs> they might say no now, right? Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, There's so, so many Irish passports actually came out. Yeah, off the back like, of that. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, so I think you, I think you need to to try and um, incorporate yourself in com- in country where possible. Yeah. So our terms are indicative and reflective of where we are doing business. Okay. So uh, we don't do business in the Netherlands under UK terms. We do it under the courts of of the netherlands under under instead of under the courts of the uk and you know i would say 90 percent of the business in the uk that are doing work in the eu are doing it under their uk business which is in theory the wrong thing to do because yeah. if you ever have any challenging situations or what have you it can be difficult to pursue debt yeah um, make, make those stand like yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah so um so set yourself up to be future-proof um and speak to the right people and where possible, get an Irish passport and then you're an EU citizen. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> what, what I'd love to ask you is just a couple of questions I made. Actually, what, actually one thing actually, because yeah. you've been really open and honest. How, this is one of the things I write down because it's definitely I've, uh, something that business owners will definitely think about. Like how much like of a, so what I write down here is like how much of a, on, on a hit, wait, how, how do I type this? So how much, will your profits take a hit? Or how much should I prepare for my profits to take a hit? Should I plan for when hiring, like when trying to grow my business? Have you got any insights on that? Because you try, do, do, does that
1: make sense? Uh, so in the second-
0: So, of- like, so if, you're, if I'm listening right now, and I'm like, right, over the next, over the next two years, I wanna, hi- I wanna aim to hire this amount of people, right? Yeah. How, like in terms of profit wise or revenue wise, how much should I prepare to take a hit on that? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, from yeah. your experience?
1: So I think, I think it depends on the nature of the business. Of course. I think if you're permanent, you need to be putting money away for a rainy day. Yeah. And I think people talk about three, six months worth of cash in the bank. Three to six months of running yeah. costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if okay. you look at some big perm businesses, and you look at the directors, you speak to the directors, they always say they're six months from going bankrupt, right? Because mm-hmm. um, if they're perm only, it's you're only as good as your last month. Yeah. And you can replicate that by the number of employees that you have. I think if it's contract, it's all about the headroom that you have with the facility at the bank. Um, ultimately um, I think you know to answer your question logically is don't run before you can walk okay you know take on people make sure they're billing um, get them up to you know if it's contract get them up to two and a half grand a week yeah Um, right. so you've got some hiring sort of metrics metrics. yeah it's about when to hire and hiring points so if you've got a good finance person we've got a great finance person um, you'll have a cash flow and a forecast and you can inject hiring points into that. Nice. So you can actually work out exactly when you need to hire. So hiring triggers. Yeah, hiring triggers. Exactly. That's a better word, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. In triggers. fact, I think that's actually what they call it. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So you yeah.
0: Work that, So, what, so on a contract. So you're
1: playing bait. dumb, Shem. You, already, <laughs> no. you already know this. You already know this, right? Hiring triggers.
0: Let's just share that. I think that's really valuable. Yeah. So on the, obviously again, obviously relevant to each person's business, but yeah. from your experience, what's been a typical good hiring trigger for you?
1: So I think it's when you know that someone is going to be standalone. Mm. So they understand the value of the business. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's quite an interesting metric, actually, to talk about that because... Um, it's actually you, so there's a book called Gung Ho, right? And a lot of people have read. Jamie them. Fraser comment. Oh, comment. did it? Yeah, that's that's because his Ned probably told him to read it yeah. because, yeah, Garrett Gary said that, and it's actually a really good book to be honest. And Jamie's a nice guy. Yeah.
0: Um so in that book? Sorry. Yeah. So in that
1: book, I think they say something like enthusiasm is, is is equal to the mission multiplied by cash, and congratulations. Oh wow. Okay. That's an interesting equation. Yeah. So what that essentially means is. Uh, You know when to go again when that person is enthusiastic, and uh, you know, for want of a better phrase, if you cut them, they would bleed the company, right? Okay, I got it. And uh, and I think once you've got to that point and you know that they're billing, that's a hiring trigger. That's a hiring trigger. And and you could probably do it a little bit earlier, right? I mean, you don't have to necessarily. But you've
0: got a good eye. Yeah, you should have a good eye. You should have a good good eye. And I
1: think, you know, and and I think in a smaller business, you should know, and I think perhaps. Um, you know your your hiring triggers should come from your team leads in the future. I would say once they uh, can predict when people are going to start doing well. Yeah, nice. Um, in order to go again, because you want to go again, you want to yeah. go again. And then you, you,
0: you said go. getting your getting your your recruits up to like two and a half k a
1: week. Yeah, is a good so that sort com- of so that roundabout comes desk costs, right? Yeah. So desk costs can range from you know. Three k up to yeah. I've seen desk cost above ten grand fifteen grand even right yeah uh, which is a lot of money yeah and that's everything from the lights to getting up de- that desk desk being covered is desk a being good covered time to be looking in, at who in, else can in, be the there. and on a growth trajectory you yeah. know they need to be on a growth trajectory not a downward trajectory yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I like that yeah and I think when you when you get in there early and you can just keep and you keep doubling down on the hiring from that yeah. and looking what's good. Um, driving internal referrals and things like that you know incentivizing your people to do that okay mate couple of
0: questions on resilience go for it first one yeah
1: what does resilience in recruitment mean to you um from a consultant perspective it's it's knowing that you're gonna get no a lot and uh you know people talk about six no's they get a yes right mm. um you have to be fixed skinned. You have to know that someone came before you and someone will come after you. So how do you differentiate yourself and how do you stay resilient and tough to people not wanting to talk to you? I mean, that's tough for people.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's tough to ring someone and for people's tone to be off and, and uh, abrasive, yeah. abrupt and wanna get you off the phone. That's, and that's the mark of resilience as a consultant. Mm. From a business owner perspective, yeah. um it's it's taking the highs and the lows, seeing the long term vision of what you're trying to do, what you're trying to create, knowing that, you know, there's gonna be dark days and there's gonna be bright nights or whatever, right? Or the other way around even. Yeah. And um yeah, and I think it being resilient and being tough and you know, nothing nothing good happens overnight, really. Yeah. Does that answer your
0: question? Yeah. How, how has the importance or need for resilience changed as the industry has evolved?
1: Um, so the industry has evolved. Yeah, it's certainly evolved. So as I mentioned, and it's probably a nice link that recruitment in its traditional sense is dying, if not dead. Yeah. Um, in fact, we try and remove recruitment from all our literature. Um, Because it's all about solutions, augmented solutions, um, embedding your talent on-site, outsourcing house approaches, talent acquisition as a service, um, loads of different ways in which you can wrap things up in bundles and productization. And there's some people doing some super smart things around it, right? And um, the the resilient side of that is that the fact that you need to... You know, you need to be up to speed with the changes, and you need to be resilient to know that the old methods uh, may be changing and Mm. maybe dying. Um, And of course, saturation, right? It's there's big. I mean, I don't know the official stats, but it's something about forty-one thousand. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I quite like that. Mm. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people think, oh, going crikey. But I think you know, there's a lot of bad companies out there. Yeah. And you need you need bad companies Mm. to make good companies look good. Okay. What can people do themselves
0: to instill more resilience in themselves or their teams?
1: Um, So to instill resilience, I think goes back down to basics. Yeah. So in a team um, or a team lead or a business owner, depending on the size of the business. So for me, I would go back down to why someone joined yeah, and go back through the job spec, and go back through actually the attributes that we were looking for, mm. the power of communication, the power of influence, um, and saying, are you showing these traits? Mm. Are you are you still doing these things? And um, and to reinforce the fact that, you know, people agreed to do this, yeah. and that they knew it was going to be tough and to go back to basics with training with what yeah. they're doing and to instill the fact that you know it's uh your show is called a recruitment roller coaster right yeah you know and i think that people need to be aware that it is a roller coaster yeah um, but, but but get back get back to basics to
0: help you on, yeah, yeah that makes sense what yeah. about what about from your perspective cultivating that like
1: in people is it the same sort of
0: I think so. About.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's about back to basics. I think it's about, you know, being pragmatic with your situation, mm. knowing that everything will be all right in the end. And if it isn't, yeah. it isn't the end. Um, keep focusing on, you know, where you've been successful in the past um, and analysis of that, right? A lot of people analyze bad situations but they never analyse good situations, situations yeah. so easy to look at the bad stuff that's gone and yeah I down. mean people draw a meeting when things go wrong right when well, yeah. you draw a meeting when things go right yeah, um, so, yeah the resi- so the resilience element is about really plugging away and saying yeah it is going to get bumpy yeah there's going to be turbulence on the way right uh, but you can go through it and it, as long as you equip yourself with the basics, with the basics yeah, like that. then you'll get through okay before
0: I l- ask you the last question sure what what are you uh, what's tom white excited about what's going on in uh, 2020 and beyond mate what are you excited about
1: um what from a personal work perspective either either right okay uh so i think for me right 2020 is a big year it's like yeah, 2020 vision all of new this decade, stuff. yeah new decade all that jazz right i think uh for me it's about really cementing the business about where i want to go yeah um we've got some super exciting projects happening um big meetings i got a meeting later on this month about uh running a task solution um for, for literally hundreds of engineers awesome. and how, how we're going to going to do that how we're going to handle some growth um i think you know recruitment is evolving you know into into 4.0 right mm. and, and the very market that we recruit within and i think it's going to be an interesting time and i think it's booming right now mm. um they going to be a downturn at some point and a lot of people become rich in downturns right and i think you have to be clever so i'm quite looking forward to that mm. i'm quite looking forward to being a survival of the fittest yeah going back to basics maybe yeah. i get pick up the phone again i don't know yeah um and i guess for, for myself personally i think um I think it's about being able to find a better balance this year as well right and having a having a good team around you knowing that the bulk of the billings and the bulk of what keeps the company going isn't necessarily derived from what i had done yeah and that's that's a lovely feeling and seeing people hit milestones and where they want to be um you know one of our guys has just bought you know a big range rover right and it's and it's wicked to see right you're like yeah we, we weren't lying to you like you know you can actually do this yeah. You go right back to what got me into recruitment and someone's talking about one hundred twenty thousand a year and it's like they'll actually see some of my team buy expensive cars or nice things or stuff that, that they, they want. want yeah so so lots more of that in 2020 basically
0: yeah seeing your guys and gals do well
1: yeah seeing them do well um seeing how the industry evolves right and seeing what happens and, and being being prepared for it at every step mm. so last question yeah ask everyone on the show So, if you
0: could uh, communicate to every single recruiter out there, business owner, Mm -hmm. they'd take on Tom's advice, they'd listen, they'd implement it tomorrow, it could be a phrase, sentence, a word, what are you telling the people?
1: So, uh, for anyone involved in our industry? Yeah,
0: recruiters, business owners, whatever comes to mind, what would you say to these people?
1: Um, I'd say remember why you got into this I like that you know remember why you got into the industry yeah important. Like t- do you know what I could elaborate more on it but I think that's enough
0: yeah that is enough remember why you got into the industry yeah Tom it's been a pleasure mate thank you so thank much thank you alright thank you so much for listening to the podcast I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you if you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Heisha and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast it will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.